Today, I got my melanin okay. popper sweatshirt, you know, Excellent. it's giving off from New York. I'm you. So let's get it, let's get into <laughs> hey, it. Hey, yo. Before we start, happy birthday to my cousin Jaylene. It's her happy birthday, birthday today. Jay. Happy birthday to me, abuela in heaven. It's her birthday as well. And we're gonna start like that just for the ancestors. We're around a lot of Pisces. Pisces and it is, I know. All right, so let's get into it. We got a big conversation today. So, as you could see, the title I'm of our black show. I'm black and I'm black, y'all. Okay. So, we're going we're gonna to go through a few things today because okay. I think um, black people as a whole, we are not a monolith. So, I think it's really good to get into our conversation today, you know, about being black and Afro-Latinidad and what it means to us, our experience growing up. I agree. And, you know, like I always say to you guys in the comments, please feel free to interact. All right? So... So what's the first topic today, sis? Let's get into... (laughs) It's going to be real controversial. Yeah, I want to educate the the masses because I feel like people say, I'm an ally. And I need you to know the different definitions of racism, prejudice, microaggressions, and Uh colorism. I think that's a good way to start. Yeah, break it down first. All right, so let's start. And when I talk about racism and prejudice, I'm going to... Make it real for you. So racism, Webster Dictionary defines it as a belief that race is fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent (laughs) superiority (laughs) of a a particular race. Now we're going to go to prejudice. Prejudice, uh-huh. preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. So that also goes along with stereotypes. Yeah. Okay. So I was having a conversation before we jump in. I was mm-hmm. having a conversation with one of my non-black friends, right. and they were talking about their experience within being they're Hispanic, and we're saying that a particular group, black women, were racist against them. Um, and the person who's watching, she probably knows we're talking about our conversation. But in that moment, I felt like I had to really educate her mm-hmm. because she was like, black people could be racist. I said, no, no, non, no non-white person can be racist because none of us are oppressors. The only okay. one that can be racist is an oppressor. So she's basically talking about reverse racism. Yes. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Okay? All right. Let's get that out the door right now. Got it. I think that it is a European concacity construct. They're just trying to flip it. Yes. Yeah. Because none of us are oppressors, so therefore we cannot be racist. Can you be prejudiced? Can you be stereotypical? Of course. Definitely. So I just wanted to get that out the way because I noticed that a lot of people will say, oh, they're racist. A a Hispanic person can't be racist to an Asian person and vice versa, just to give you an example. And they cannot because they are both oppressed groups. Does that make sense? Okay. Right. 
So next, we have microaggressions. Mm -hmm. A statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group such as a racial or ethnic minority. So when they're wondering how you're going to pay for that, and they're non they're non colored people. Well, people don't like that word colored, but if they're not bi a bi poc, mm-hmm. it's a microaggression. If they're wondering how you're going to pay for it, and they happen to be Caucasian. Now, for my allies out there, I hope that you're watching, and there's no white fragility, okay? Because if you're we'll an ally, <laughs> if you're that. an ally, this should not make you uncomfortable. It should help to further educate you as you watch. Because, like I said, me and Brittany don't come from. How do I say this? That monolith that you guys think, we don't come from that. Right. So, it's, and everybody's black experience is different. It's different. So, there's that. So, let's get into it. Let's get into the conversation. Wait, we missed one. Colorism. Oh, a big one. <laughs> let's get into that. How did you miss that one? How did because I miss you that? I know. I love that, that subject. Topic. Colorism, prejudice or discrimination against individuals with dark skin tone. <gasps> typically among people of the same race. All right. <laughs> so okay. we all know that we experience colorism in our society. It's it's in all of our media. Right. Okay. From the rap videos where rap came from us, but mm-hmm, yet mm-hmm. we uh, make it a... What is the word? We make it our... They make, they make it our, their duty to make sure... People don't look like us in the video. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. You know? So we are heavily on this exotic, European-ass type of look when, you know, you should be inclusive of everyone. Yeah. I won't say you just have to choose black people because, oh, I'm a rapper. No. It should be inclusive. We should see everyone. Since rap is a melting pot of people that listen to it, then it should represent that in, in the media. I agree. Right? I agree. All right. So. She's getting passionate, y'all. She's getting passionate. I am. I'm going to let her lead this one today. Yes. So. I just want y'all to know because Akina came up with some great prompts for this one today. So I'm just letting her <laughs> spew it out. Right. Spew it out. So, Brittany, yeah. I actually want to get into a story time. And I want to okay. ask you how. I want to hear a story about you when you were probably talking to somebody about your experience as a black person and when you felt like they downplayed it, your black experience, whether it be at work, school, friends. I don't really have an ex- I don't have a story about telling people about my experience. Mm-hmm. I just have experiences. Mm-hmm. So I could tell you a story about a race racist experience. Yeah, let's get into it. I remember when I was working in a very affluent neighborhood. Mm. I was working for a home health care facility, and we serviced a lot of elderly people, a lot mm-hmm. of elderly white people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our caregivers were from Africa. They were from Ghana, mm. which a lot of caregivers like, are. are. Yeah. So she called his like hysterical. She called the office hysterical, and she's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to work here anymore. This client is disrespectful." I'm like, "Well, what's going on? He's saying racial slurs to me." So I'm like, "Put him on the phone. Right. Put him on the phone." Now, y'all, one thing about me, I know how to code switch. Yeah. Um, it's scary how good I'm. How good to I am at code switching. So, a lot of time when people are talking to me on the phone, they don't know what I look like on the other side. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the phone. He's so comfortable telling me all these racial slurs about her. He's like, she eats with her hands. It's disgusting. She's like a monkey. <gasps> yeah, it's it was it was bad. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be over there. I get my cool. I'm like, I'm gonna be over there. 
in like 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes, sir. I'll be over there. I swear this be happening to the right person because Brittany is very grounded. So I get over there, right? And he's like, where's Brittany? I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That That's me, sir. I just feel like not even just white people, just people not of color sometimes mm-hmm. have this negative righteous indignation about our black experience. Like yeah. they feel so... I don't know, disrespected. like disrespected when mm-hmm. we talk about it. And it's like, but it happened. Yeah. So what's the problem? So I got over there. He's like, where's Brittany? I'm like, I am Brittany. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to take care of what's going on. And he's like, then he, I don't know. He just <laughs> lost it. He started calling me the N-word. He started calling her the N-word. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. Yes. I had to call his daughter. I was like, we can't service this man anymore. The I'm caucasity. so sorry. We, we just can't. We just can't. As Amanda He's like, so says. you're going to abandon me? I said, no, your daughter's coming, and we're leaving. That's yes, immediately. So a lot of what I've noticed when I did this prompt, actually, one, a lot of my experiences happened at work settings. Mm-hmm. They weren't, like, in my personal settings. Yeah. A lot of them happened. Every single definition that we went through happened through work. So I have, I have another question on top of that. When did you realize you were black and different? Okay, so— that's a good question because mm-hmm. that's another thing that I realized. So I realized all throughout my life, as my up like my upbringing, mm-hmm. it happened, but I didn't really realize there was a problem to like my twenties. Amen to that because I think I because agree, we grew up in such that. a diverse hometown. Yeah, I just thought it was normal. Like everybody, I didn't understand the the ignorance behind it. I just thought it was normal. And when we say diverse, we grew up in Piscataway, which is yes. a suburban area in New Jersey, Central Jersey. Some people say South Jersey is debatable. Um, Central Jersey is the real thing. But it was very mixed growing up. We went to parties and it was everybody there, yeah. not just one group, okay? Yeah. So when you leave Piscataway, and I think I'm with you, I didn't realize how black I was until I, and then also too, being cultured as well. You really don't realize the difference until you go into the work world. And I think how I realized it was the grace that non-black people got. And I should say non-black and non— The privilege. The privilege that white people got was how they can just go off the floor. Because I worked in the hospital. When I really got Mm -hmm. a job, I worked in the Mm -hmm. hospital. I'll never forget this. And there was this one woman who was there for years, and she would just get up and just just walk walk off. And this woman would never get in trouble. The minute I was away from a desk, it was like, where were you? Yeah. This woman could be drunk on the job. Yeah. High on the job. And they would give her grace to come back. I've been in situations like that, too. And I just thought it was crazy until one day my sister, my older sister, Shad's Moses, she sat down and looked at me. She said, listen, the problem is you working harder, not smarter. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to work like them. Smarter, not harder. But. Sometimes, how do you when there's such a microscope on you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we end up overcompensating sometimes just so people don't think that we're just lazy black people. Right. And you have to learn <laughs> how to move in a room with people who already think that about you. Right. So it's really hard. It's really it's hard. hard. So, yeah, that, that was my story. They were, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I experienced it a lot. So my next question, mm. if you have a question, you know, let me know. But my next question to you is... So our black experience, did you have, you know, I remember watching a um, a comedy show 
with my partner, and we were watching, the. it was Chris Rock, and he was talking about before he used to walk out the house, his parents would look at him and be like, listen, don't nobody care about you out in the streets. Mm-hmm. So when you go out there, you know, you put your hands on the, on, you know, just basically having the black talk. Right. Do you remember having the black talk in your household? No, but my brothers did. And that's what my question, remember you said you mentioned your brothers? I said I yes, wanted to ask you a question about your brothers. My brothers did, and I remember my parents... <sighs> Like distinctively telling, like sitting them in the living room and telling them, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, mm-hmm. and it's I don't know because I'm a mother, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm gonna be doing that with my son because I don't want him to be scared, yes. but I also want him to be safe, and it's a really hard place having to balance that. It is. It is. So yeah, my brothers went through it. I didn't so much go through it mm-hmm. because I feel like, and they also grew up in New York. Yeah. It's so it was time. a little different. Yeah. It was a little different. They grew up in New York in the crack era. So yeah. it was a whole different world. So yeah. when and they were came, right in the heart of it, they were in Queens. Yeah, yeah. they were in Queens. They were in Queens. Um, but growing up in Piscataway, as, I guess as a girl, mm-hmm. their little girl, like, I didn't have to have that talk. Yeah. I don't know. But then you listen to other counterparts, other uh, some of our black counterparts that are women, and they did have that talk. Yeah. So for our reality, it's a little different. You know, I, I, I'll go further to say, like, my parents didn't have that talk with us. But you know what I do remember? I remember my I remember my brothers going out late yeah. and coming home late and my mother would stay up yeah. and wait in the living room until they got home safely. Mm-hmm. No matter what and she would be like sleep deprived. And I used to be like, Ma, just go to bed and she's like, You don't understand. She would always say mm-hmm. that. She's like, No, I'm I'm not going to bed, you don't understand. And she would she would wait up until they got home. Dang, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and it's a reality that we Yeah. Listen, you're a mother. Yeah. I have a black son. You know, I'm pretty sure how I'm gonna have black babies, you know what I'm saying? But it is the reality of it is when he when I heard that conversation coming from his mouth in the in the comedy show, yeah. I was like, Oh my god, that's so rough. I'm like, I wouldn't talk to my kid before going out for the day like that. Like, you know, how could you talk to them like that? You want them to feel safe. Right. And my partner turned around and was like, but that's our reality. But I also feel like it heavily plays into the demographics of where you live, too. Yes, it does. It does. So I feel like a lot of maybe inner urban cities have to have more of those talks, maybe. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Because nowadays it's happening everywhere. It happens so everywhere. I, and I think it, it happened in uh, Woodbridge the other day. Yeah. Bridgewater. Oh, Bridgewater. It was, but it same, was Bridgewater. same difference. Yeah. So and and it, it happens in Piscataway. It's just that we were l- lucky. There's people who who run into some crazy things in Piscataway. I, mean, I yeah. just, I also believe that because I'm going to I'm going to change your thinking real quick or mm-hmm. just give you another perspective. Yeah. I also thank God in a way that they didn't have that talk with me. And I feel like they didn't have the talk with us, mm-hmm. and I'm happy they didn't, because I think I would have went into the world a little different. Okay. Because I didn't know about all these constraints on black people, I never felt like I had to repress anything. Okay. That, that makes I never sense. felt like I had to control my blackness. I feel I Or feel what control my 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 um my culture. I yeah. never felt like, like I had limitations to limitations like, on your life. I never felt limitations. And yeah. I, I I thank God in a way that my parents didn't really throw that down my throat. Yeah. Because I yeah, would have walked into the true. world differently. Yeah. I would have. And I was able to walk, stand firm in who I am. Yeah. And stand for a black and show a black as hell, Afro Latinidad as hell. Yeah. And I don't care if you had a problem with it. Yeah. I don't care. Because we didn't know there was a problem. I didn't know That's the problem. The thing. We grew up in such a diverse place, but we didn't even recognize that there was an issue. No. At least for me. I can't say for everybody, but personally, I, I didn't know there was an issue. I didn't know. Because we came to we came from a place with multiple cultures, mm-hmm. races, ethnicities, mm-hmm. 
disabilities. Like, we mm-hmm. saw everything. Everything. Thank and God. I feel like racism is, since it's taught, but it also comes from ignorance and mm-hmm. not being and not being exposed to certain people. Yes, definitely. And we were exposed. We were definitely exposed. But we were also black, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. And being black in Piscataway is also a thing because it was also different for us because, you know, it kind of brings us into our Afro-Latina talk, right? Mm-hmm. Because even though we were in it, we they, our parents didn't want us to be of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're raised yeah. to be like, okay— be who you are, but don't be too Americanized. Don't, don't bring that. Don't br- excuse my language. Don't bring that shit home. Yeah. Do we want you to be as successful as Americans? Here, you're gonna be how we are, and then out there, it's different. Right. So you, I resonate with that. What? I it was with that a different. It was literally. You go home, you're one person. You go outside, you're one person. Yeah. Um. You're never black enough for the black people, and you're never Hispanic enough for the Hispanic people. So it's a weird place to be sometimes, especially as an Afro Latina. And I will not for real, and especially for me because. There's this narrative that if you don't speak Spanish, yes. you're less Spanish, Hispanic. And you're not because and I have an argument for that. And it's like, okay, but I know my I know my household yes. because I grew up in a household where my parents spoke Spanish. This wow, that's a download mm-hmm. because they didn't want they didn't want me to be too Americanized, but then they wanted me to be somebody different outside. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to my parents, love you, did the best you could, mm-hmm. but. My father didn't teach us Spanish. Because there was a stigma, Brittany. Because there was a stigma. He didn't want me to be in ESL. Me too. Like, there were so many things. My mom, too. She didn't teach us Spanish now because she said, they automatically put you in ESL, and I didn't want you that. I didn't want that for you guys. Because when they got here, or they was here, that's what they did. They put them in ESL. They straight in ESL. That's what you did. And I'm a first-generation American. My parents weren't born here. My parents were born in Panama. They came here in their 20s. My mom's an anchor baby. Oh, is she really? Mm-hmm. My mom's the anchor baby. Makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. She was the anchor baby, then she went back. They came here, dropped their stuff down. Okay, we're going to be citizens, and then they went back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's this narrative that just because you don't speak Spanish fluently, because I speak Spanish, but not fluently. But I have a, have, have an argument that for that. That you're not... As Hispanic. And I want that to stop today. But I know my household, and my household was very Hispanic and, and West Indian. And it's guess like, what? <laughs> and guess what? I want that to stop today, Brittany. You know why? And Ooh. if you guys watch it, I want you to be educated out there. And this is no disrespect to any culture group. But I love my Boricuas, and they will scheme Boricua, Boricua, Boricua to the death of them. Yeah. A lot of Boricuas don't always speak Spanish. Yeah. But you can't tell them they're less Boricua. Right. So why is it different for us? Because we black? Yes. Okay. That's why. Yeah. (laughs) So that narrative, (laughs) when you watch this, I want everybody to be educated. It don't matter where you're from. If that's your culture and that's how you raise, doesn't matter if you speak the language or not, because depending on the history, your parents didn't want certain people treating you a certain way. Right. It still doesn't lessen who you are and what your culture is. They were trying to protect us in the way that they knew Yes. Yes. So there's that. Okay. (laughs) There's that. There's that. Because it's... We really aren't a monolith. When I think about you and me, what are the odds that you're down the street from me and you're a black Panamanian? I know. You know what I'm saying? And we're both from New York. And we're both from New York. Yeah. Come on, y'all. So there's that. And, you know, I just feel like we are very, these are, we are probably people to talk to about these experiences because we're suburban, we're black, we're (laughs) Afro-Latina, we're from New York originally. There's layers here. There's so much layers. Um, so I guess if you could if you could phrase it in like a, like a two sentence three sentence, what has been your experience as a black person in America? I'm tired, y'all. 
<laughs> I'm tired. No, even writing and reliving the experiences. For, so we do an outline mm-hmm. every week. And even as I'm doing the outline, I'm sitting in the cafe. I'm sitting in this cafe in Metuchen, New Jersey, right? It's very, <laughs> it's a beautiful cafe. Love the cafe. I'm sitting there, I'm writing, and I'm like, damn, I'm tired just reliving this as I'm writing it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking around the cafe and I'm like, I'm the only black person in here. Yeah. <laughs> None of y'all gotta go through what I'm writing about right now. Nothing. And it was pissing me off because I'm like, I don't wanna I don't wanna be a victim of my circumstances, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But the weight sometimes it's it heavy. gets it gets heavy. Mm-hmm. So exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> That's my word. Yeah. Exhausted. I feel if somebody used to ask me what's my black experience, tired is definitely one. But I feel like I'm just tired. We have to prove ourselves. To prove yourself and to still not be enough. So what are we doing this for? Yeah. And I just want there to be um, an understanding of why some of us have the hardships that we have or why we see the world a certain way. You know, I was telling Brittany, because, you know, we always go over what we're going to really talk about. We don't go deep in it because we want this to be authentic for you guys. But you need therapy for being black. Yeah. You technically need therapy for being Hispanic, too. But there's PTSD in just being a black person. It's in your DNA. And it's also trauma when when you're on social media. Because social media is something that's big now, right? Yes. But it's... It's worse when you're scrolling and then you see people dying and it's normalized. Yeah. And then you got to get up and just be normal. Yes. Or this morning when I woke up and I'm seeing all... (sighs) (laughs) Y'all... Brittany knows I'm really passionate about this because I just cannot believe the caucasity of Ukraine. First of all, I can't believe we're going through a war. We're going through a war and they still have time to be racist. Yeah. Where they do that at? Ukraine. Apparently, I wake up and they are legit. Poland is legit not letting any black descendant people come in. Your ta- Ukraine is a country that's being blown the F up. And you yeah. guys are still finding time in your day to, to be, be racist. racist. So when you say... Make it make sense. When you guys say, fight for us, we don't seem that excited because look at the shit we go through every day. <laughs> There's a whole... They bottom, bottom Somebody, come look at this. Somebody come look at Somebody come look at this. Somebody come look at this. And they talking about we're fight for us and our problems. Can you fight for us and our problems? And it's not. And let's be clear, it's not just white people. It's not. It's not. It's other people too. It's like when I talk to you in español and you habla me in, in English. That's that's a microaggression. Just so everybody knows, that's a microaggression. I never thought about that. Yes. How many times? And I'm like, tu idioma mejor es es, es español, sí. Yo sí. Me, yo me yeah. Like I understand. Tú hablas español, sí. So, ¿por qué tú hablando en, en inglés? Yeah. Oh, oh, you know. I never thought about it that that's way. That's a microaggression. When I, I talk to you in Spanish way. and you speak back to me in English, that's a microaggression. No hay morenos en tu país. That's what I say. No hay morenos. We're everywhere. Everywhere. What? That you sound crazy. And they're struggling with the English. And you're like, wow, are you speaking in English? It's literally. She just said you don't see black people anywhere else. You literally are struggling to speak English, and I'm talking to you in Spanish, so it's easier. Okay, poquito facil, and you want to talk to me in span in in, uh, in, in English. You know what's weird? That's a for microaggression. Micro, for microaggressions, I don't I don't think I have an experience. Oh, wow. I feel Ooh. I feel like I felt it more. Yeah, I don't really have a story to tell, but I felt because I can see and read through the BS, right? Yeah, and I can always see when there's something underhandedly said. Mm-hmm. So it's always a feeling like. 
That yeah. was a little racist. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. I think I've I've experienced my microaggressions in the workplace. In work. Yeah. And and I feel like the microaggressions come because I think they don't have such a big personality and that I'm like this have like a diva type of aura. So they know well, they your can't energy's big. Right. So they know they can't penetrate me, but they'll say little things to mm-hmm. be like, well, bitch humble yourself. Mm. For instance, like I remember when I was becoming a nurse and I wanted to go per DM and he's like, Well, how are you gonna pay your bills? Uh- Okay, so I do have a microaggression. That's a microaggression. I have a microaggression then. Don't worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. Or, w- or would it be more prejudice? You tell me. Okay. So I was in a work setting. Okay. And I had, I was working with this older Jewish lady. Mm-hmm. And she knew I had a son, but for some reason, I don't know where, at the time I was with my son's father. Yes. I don't know where this came from, but she's like, but you don't, you're not with him, right? I said, that's I a never, microaggression. I never told you that. She's like, but you don't live together. I said I never told you that. So me being me, <laughs> it's me being Brittany, I pulled out my phone. I said, here we are in Jamaica. Here we are in Aruba. Here we are on vacation. Both our families went. Yes. Like, what makes you think that we weren't together? I well, never told you that. They think all of us. And the I'm stigma. Not, where did the stigma come it's from? A stigma. And I no. Listen. Shout out to my people. It, shout out to my, everybody in, in every hood of every hood. To the projects. I've been there. We've been there. I hung out. Mm-hmm. Got low. I, Listen, Mm -hmm. but there's this stigma that all of us come from that. Like broken homes and whatnot. And just crack pipes on the floor. Yeah. That wasn't our reality. No. So the fact that they, oh, because I saw TV and I saw (laughs) Medea. I literally, I I remember when I was in nursing school and I literally, and I don't watch, I really don't like Tyler Perry movies like that because you know how I feel about, about black sadness. The black sad story. There are so much, there's so much black joy and stories to be happy about that I don't really want to like be a victim of these circumstances. Exactly. So I had a classmate one time. Um, we were doing something, and he's walking around, and he was like, oh, like, Majia, right, Akina? Like, Majia, oh, say Oh, no. And I said, hold up. <laughs> I said, and that is the reason, as a black person, I do not watch Tyler Perry, because all of you Caucasian people go to the movies and think that we all act like that, or we all been through that. Yeah. And for that reason right there is why I don't watch can't Tyler relate. Perry movies like that. I can't relate. I can't relate. Okay. Now, all of my life I had to fight, but in a different way. I didn't have to fight. I didn't look outside and there was crack pipes on the floor. I didn't hear no pew, pew, pew at 3, 4 in the morning. But that then you deal with microaggressions and racism and things like yes. that. Yes. I have a question, though. So there's another side to that. Yes. Because then we struggle it within our own community. Woo! Because we didn't come from that. And there's yeah. some people who do come from that. Does that make you less black? Does that make you less um, fit to talk about the black experience? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it. I feel like in certain conversations it has mm-hmm. I've had I've had black people tell me well you wouldn't understand mm. I'm as brown as you are <laughs> why would I not understand right you know what I'm saying I've had people be like oh well you speak you know but well, you, you you speak that that so it don't matter wow that uh, yeah you speak, and it's like that's ignorant that is really because there's black people everywhere you know what I'm saying or how about being made fun of? I remember, I will never forget being an eight-year-old. I think I was eight or nine. Now I went to Are Mount you, Vernon. I say what, about, what I think you about to say. Yeah, I was in Mount Vernon. I will never forget. And I was hanging outside. And this girl looked, let me not talk about that because it was like the gross sisters. And <laughs> probably And she was like, you talk like a valley girl. 
Yeah. You think, and, and now that I'm older, she probably felt like I already was carrying myself like I thought I was better. And I wasn't. It was just the way, nobody in my family spoke that way. Even if you lived in New York, nobody spoke well, with Ebonics Well, if they said that about like you, that. sis, what would they have said about me? Because yeah. y'all know me. They said that to me. And me know she. And all my life, Everyone has always said that to me. Yeah, they're like, You're, you sound like a valley girl. Why are you talking so way. proper? Why are you talking like that? I've, it got so bad to a point. I remember being in high school, mm-hmm. and I was hanging out with a group of people who were non-black people. Mm-hmm. And I remember a girl pulling me to the side, introducing me to the, the group. And she's like, but she's cool. Like, she's whiter than me. I'm like, <gasps> what? No. So, you know I'm, you know me. I'm like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? I'm like, what? I'm so you know me. I was like, no, I'm black. The the the. I just can't. I'm black. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I talk. I'm black. And why do, why does it have to be a thing? And why is it more acceptable to call me that? Right. She's more whiter than me. She's right. She's more whiter than me. It makes that more acceptable for me to be in that friend group. The Caucasity. As Amanda says. It don't make sense. It don't make it make sense. Sis. It make don't it make sense. sense. And and you know. It goes back to that monolith thing, right? They always think we're, they think we're one way, and then, oh, don't worry, I have a black friend. Yeah, I want. Oh, let me let me let me clarify that too, because you have one black friend or one Spanish friend or one Asian friend, you could still definitely be racist. Doesn't mean you're not racist you because can be racist. we fetishize, okay? And I tend this is gonna go over to my to my I'll say my black men that they're fetishized in the way. Because a lot of women, and I love you guys, all I love all you guys who love us, mm-hmm. and when I say love us, I mean black people, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly love us, I mean, not just the black D, okay? Because we're going to talk about that. It's fetishizing. Because you love the black D, but you be like, oh, no, to but black fight. But you don't want to be me. No black fight. But I love the black D. Yeah. And I want him to eat my arroz con pollo, and I want him to salsa with me. But when you start talking about Black Lives Matter, oh, no, we can't talk about that. That's a problem for me. How do you feel about that? That That's a problem. And here, okay, so we're going to talk about allies, mm-hmm. too, because this plays into allies. It does play into allies. And I don't, I don't know if some people are being allies or if they're just trying to prove that they're not racist. Yes. So it's a thin line <laughs> for me. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you doing that? Are you posting that? Are you saying that to just not seem racist? Or are you really down with the get down? You know what I'm saying? Because it's a thing. I know. Like, I was watching that documentary I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, Everything's going to be all white. Perfect. Check it out. Please check it out. It was great. It's a great show. It was a great documentary. And did you know, this is probably getting a little deep for you guys, or a little graphic. Mm-hmm. There is a, so there's a sexual, um, like, a preference where mm-hmm. it's called cuckold. And it's when a affluent Caucasian man. School me. Okay, it's when an affluent Caucasian man mm-hmm. likes to watch his white wife have sex with a black man. Okay. But in real life, he's a racist. Okay. But for him, it helps him get off in some type of way because it's still, like, having power over the dynamic that's happening. That's sick. Kind of like back to slavery days. I was about about to say that. I was going to reference Yeah, and I was like, wow. And it was like how many people do this, and they don't even realize that they're racist, or they are racist, so they end up dating a a, a black person, or maybe even Hispanic. To have that dominance. To have that dominance. Or to even be like, well, see, I'm not racist. I got a, a, a colored partner here. I'm good. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, 
that's, that's interesting. A thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Nothing surprises me anymore, though. Yeah, I know. And I, I was watching. I was like, wow, that's different. It's different. <laughs> it's different. So there's like extremes that people go to. So you don't think that they're racist, but really they are. And I think that or prejudice. And I think that black people sometimes are fetishized. Yeah. And it goes back to slavery days. Yeah. You know, there is a thing of they're strong, they're resilient, they're, I want that power, but I don't really want to be in, in the fight. So I have a question, because this plays into racism. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot in the healthcare system. Mm. Talk to me now. Because a lot of black people, <sighs> their pain tolerance or their pain level is um, minimized. Yes. I remember— Or well, they assume that they're drug addicts. Yeah. Because I was on the floor, and I used to work ortho. Yo, I remember being—okay, story time. <laughs> so I remember being pregnant, and I was actually in the delivery room at this time, and mm, mm, I was mm, on the verge of having a blood clot. And I told the nurse, I'm like, I don't feel right. I don't feel right at all. She's like, oh, it's labor. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I don't—I feel dizzy. I don't feel good. Child— I almost had a blood clot. Mm. So how, what did you do oh, to get to, to count it? I remember watching Insecure. I'm like, where? How did you counteract that? Were you like, look at me? Yeah. yeah. How did you? That's that, Oh, that's what you that's did. That's what I oh. did. <laughs> also how they wanted to give me an episiotomy. And I looked, at the, I looked at the doctor. I said, if you cut me, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. Give me a chance. If you don't know an episiotomy, I'm not going to go into and it. And they do could, that. They rush labor it. by giving episiotomies. Yeah. Um, and it's usually more, more done to black women and um, women of color. Um, and I have another one with that medical. Mm-hmm. And I'm funny because we didn't put but that's true. Let me talk about medical, medical bias mm-hmm. amongst people of color. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have another one. <laughs> I, I used to literally it. fight with people on my floor because— I would fight with APNs mm-hmm. on my floor to give more pain meds to people who were injured or had surgery. So when I say I'm an advocate, I'm really an advocate. Because then what they would do, when it was black people, oh, well, you know, they they, they might have a drug history. <sighs> Bitch, they in pain. Yeah. It don't matter about the drug history right now. Right. Give me some morphine. Give me some diluted. I ain't got time for this. Right. We, we argue with semantics. Pain is pain. Pain is pain. Or, better yet, we will have my undocumented... Gente, gente is people. We will have undocumented people come in who were injured on the street and may not have any insurance. I'm getting emotional. And they would give them Tylenol. Oh, my God. They would give them 1,000 milligrams of Tylenol, Ofermev, Ofermev, in a bottle and say, that's it. That's it. And then I would have to get bucked and be like, can you give them something stronger? Yeah. I remember having a patient who literally... He had a brain injury, and they were like, oh, it's fine. When we went back to talk to the family, thank God I spoke back. I spoke to the family member, and she's like, oh, he's been acting weird since his TM- he had a TBI. And I'm like, did you know this man had a TBI? Did you talk to anybody? You were just going to let him go back to the street. Yeah, they rush it off. But even down to the statistics of how they, they put together medicine and how yes. they practice medicine, all the, based on those statistics, those are based on white people, not black people. Yeah. And or oh, when know, they do the experimentations. That's what I'm saying. Let's and go if back. you know medicine, black people and white people, they have different things that happen to yes, them. Yes, they do. Their bodies react to things differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, the it, healthcare system is, we won't even There's go there, also racism but, there. But let's, let's but you know, we're going to sit there because, I, once again, from that documentary, because I already knew this. I forgot what the doctor's yeah. name was. When he would, he would 
study obstetrics on mm-hmm. black women. Yeah. yeah. But the services weren't met for black women. They were, it was right. meant for white women. Right. But he would still practice on black women. Tuskegee. You know, I think there was also an experiment they did in Puerto Rico. Well, look at Henry a few Lacks. years ago. I mean, a, a few years ago with birth control, the babies were coming out with no arms, no heads, and that was they started the study in Puerto Rico with and birth control. They stole our body parts. So when and they started Henrietta. our body parts. Henrietta, don't get me started. Henrietta Lacks. Because when you say Black History Month, that's the first person I think about. Me too. Okay, so I want everybody to know their history. When when you say be an ally. I want you to know, black people are always people's allies. We invite you to the music. We invite you to the culture. You're invited to the cookout. You're invited to the cookout. <laughs> That's how you know. But we're gonna, but we're not gonna fight the fights until people are ready to fight our fight. And I mean, a long list of history of fighting. We literally got dropped off here from another place. And if we're really gonna be allies, let's start. If we're really gonna talk about how we are. Um, abused in the society, we also got to mention Native Americans, too, okay? Oh, yeah. If Native Americans are finding peace in their heart, I'm going to need everybody else to find some peace in their heart because they got done dirty. (laughs) Yes. To this day. To this day. So I know my some of my counterparts, you know, there there is there's hate, you know, there's Asian hate, there's you know, my my Hispanic people were in cages. I get all that. It's all valid. It's all valid. valid. But so was ours. Yes. If there's a time and place to talk about your struggle, and then there's a time and place to talk about others. Mm-hmm. Just like that meme. Okay, so I had posted a meme on Instagram one time, mm-hmm. and it was I was resonating with the meme. It says something along the lines of, black women don't need to uh, go through struggle before they find real love. I was like, I like that. And you know I'm what's heavy that. on that. And this girl randomly DMs me, and she said, all women. I said, you're part of the mother effing problem. Ooh. You are part of the problem. That brings me to my next segment. What's the next segment, sis? Because let's—can we stop doing that? Yeah, please. So my partner made a Not great inclusive. analogy the other day. And he said, when you say all lives matter, when we say black lives matter, look at the melanin popping when I say this, okay? <laughs> he had excellence. a great analogy when he said, it's like going to a breast cancer walk— Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're like, breast cancer, you know, fa- let's fund breast cancer. And somebody goes, all cancer matters. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, we ain't talking about all cancers. We're talking about breast cancer right now, huh? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, listen, y'all, like, we got to stop doing that because that yeah. does minimize the experience. If you're an ally, don't minimize our experience by saying, well, our people are doing this. We're getting done. This. Yeah. Listen. Have some grace for black people. Hurt people hurt people. We tired. <laughs> we tired. There's different levels of 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 people who are just tired. Yeah. So when you come and say, we, you know, we're allies, what does that mean? Is there yeah. work behind that allyship? So what does being an ally look like for you? Okay. That's a good question. Not you, but like how can somebody be an ally if for you? If somebody's an ally to me, that means they've done research. And I'm not giving you the research. It means you have went back to really look at the history of what we've been through, not only as my black experience, but also as my Afro-Latinidad experience, that you went to go do the work, that you read about these different things that happened to us in our lifetime, okay, from from back then till now, that you um, don't have fragility when we talk about certain things in front of you, because that's also annoying. If we talk about certain subjects, it's not to chastise you or make you feel bad. Listen, your ancestors weren't shit, and that's just the reality of it. 
Okay? That doesn't mean you're a bad person. Not all white people are bad. Right. Like I like to say, there's white people and then there's people who happen to be white. Yes. And that's just what it is. And we know plenty of those people. Yes. I do. Just like people who are Hispanic. Listen, not every Hispanic person is a racist. A prejudice. See? Look at that. Not every Hispanic person. Well, I could say racist if they're white. A white Hispanic. But anyway. Like a Eurocentric one. Yes. Yeah. But not every Hispanic person is prejudiced. Okay? They're, my best friend's dad makes it known. Like, listen, I have Garifuna lineage. I know for a fact I do. Okay? And he don't have to do that, but he knows himself. He mm-hmm. knows where he comes from. Okay? So I just want people to realize what we've been through. And and I'm not saying to make it up. It's make not a like victims. a cry. It, yeah, it's, it's not, not a, cry a cry for, for help. help. It's just understanding the differences. Yeah. The clear differences. Okay? In society differences. Listen, we only got 28 days to talk about it. So. There's things that you could do that I could never <laughs> freaking do. Yeah. There's things that we have to think about. You don't, you don't even know what goes into being a person of color. Okay? And I'm going to say black because Joanne Bell might have nice curly hair and may not have to deal with the, the constraints of hairstyles. Mm-hmm. She may not have to. She may be a, a, a hue lighter than me or two hues lighter than me, but may not have to worry about how your hair is going to look that day. I have a question for you because you asked me earlier. But mm-hmm. when did you asked me, when did I realize my blackness? Yes. But when did you realize you were going through racism? Like, did it happen as a child? Did it happen when you were older? Like, when was your first I was encounter? in my 20s. And I, in a way, it was two—I felt two ways. Wow, my parents never really exposed me to that. Because mm. they didn't. And then, two, it was like, wow, I have to learn how to navigate the world and not be angry about the microaggressions. Because I never got flat-out racism. I really thank God for that, because I probably would have been in jail. I really would have been in jail. So I've always gotten microaggressions, because my I, I, I told you, I think it's a power that my parents didn't really— immerse me in that because I may have walked into the world, especially as a chocolate black woman, as a dark-skinned black woman, mm-hmm. I may have walked the world a little differently. Yeah. Brittany. And as a chocolate woman, I take pride in who I am. I take pride in the in, in the aura that's around me. I take pride, yo, yo la negra tiene tumbao, okay? And mm-hmm. that's for real. I am a knockout. I walk with, with, with an air that you could never bring down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because I know exactly where I come from. My people didn't want to be slaves. That's why they stopped the St. Vincent first. Okay. Just talk so, to me. <laughs> so let's go back to colorism. Because yes. we didn't really dig into let's colorism. Dig. Okay. Because that plays into colorism. It does. Because we talk a lot about our hues, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have colorism until I was in my 20s, though. I didn't, didn't. Reali- I didn't realize my color was a, a thing until my 20s. That. Because I remember there was an actual—we had an experience of, in high school. We did? Yes. And so you might have repressed it. Somebody said something to your sister, and we were on a bus, and you went off. And it oh. was a light-skinned—it was a light-skinned boy. Mm. And I remember you went off. Did I went off with the history? Did I go off? Because, you know, I was always— we I, wasn't, was, I mean, you were always I like, was always like, do you know what you come from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, in like a 16-year-old way, you did. Yeah. But it wasn't as deep. But I feel like you were always an advocate for anti-colorism. Yes. <laughs> I really feel like you always were. So I don't really feel like you experienced it in your 20s. I feel like you experienced it before that. I think maybe I think probably saw it happen to other people. 
Mm-hmm. But it wasn't directed towards me until, like, when it was my sister, I felt like it was me. It was, that's what I was about to say. You know, because like that's my sister. You. And one thing about about me is my sister was always beautiful. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't matter her color. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I felt as though people were so miseducated. How about this? In my 20s, when we went out, remember it was you and me. I want to shout to Nally. It was you, me, and Nally. What's up, Nally? And we were out, and the guy was like, one of our friends was like, to me, she's Hispanic. Um, our friend was like, oh, she's Hispanic. We were outside. I'll never forget this. And he was like, Hispanic? How she could be Hispanic? She blacker than me. I do not remember and that. And I said, oh, I don't let me guess. That. I said, and what are you? Oh, oh I'm black and Native oh. American. And then I said, excuse my language, everybody here, because y'all know me. I said, niggas, never want to be niggas. <laughs> you always got to pull on a Native American. Nigga, you's a nigga. Stop playing with me. You know? I got Indian in me. And that made me mad, and I had to educate him. I said, I had to educate him in that moment, and then we almost were getting into we it. We was dead ass. We was a away. I will never forget. I know the names too, but I won't shout nobody out because I'm here and you there. But he tried it and he was like, oh, he basically was trying to say I'm less Spanish because I was dark skinned. I thought that was so ignorant, ignorant. and that just disgusting. Because yeah, I knew it, one thing about me being a, one thing about being a Honduran, and I'm going to say what I am I'm Honduran. My dad's same time as my mom is Honduran. One thing about Garifuna people, we know exactly where the fuck we come from. So don't ever play with me and my blackness. Okay? And that's on that. That's on that. I'm very happy to be a black Afro-Latina. Same. Same. Don't and ever there's take beauty it in it. And there's so much beauty there's in beauty it. In and there's it. layers. There's so much layers. I want you guys to watch In My Mother's Garden Ooh. on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. Yep, In My Mother's Garden. If you get a chance, please watch that documentary. It is so beautiful. And it talks about... Our Afro- Yeah, it talks about his black Hispanics. And our, our, pra- our practices. And our practices. And how... And how it's not weird. Right. Ugh, please watch it. And you know, the, the beauty of it. having this experience is leading the sheep to the truth. Okay? So when you say or you see people who are just firmly on their, who are firm about their blackness, they're no less than anybody else. Okay? There's a reason for that. When you see us and you see this, um, this platform, we are for everybody, but please know this is run by two black women. Okay? And what I will not do is have a standard for European standards. Okay? This of is what success is and this is for us. What you mean? Yes. For us, by us. <laughs> okay? And anybody that watches you, I hope you I want you to feel included. It's not to make you feel any worse about who you are or being an, or being feel like you're anti black. I want to educate. Because there is a there is something that we walk around with every day that people will never understand. But I also feel like it's important to feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. It is because then you're gonna you gotta research. You're gonna want to know. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want to know why do I feel so uncomfortable? So before um, we close out, we got a little we got some time. I want to ask: being black, something to be proud of, and any culture you come from is be proud of it. Okay, I just feel like as black people, we we deserve to. It's we, such a to rich celebrate culture. it. Yes. We have to celebrate ourselves. Because it was taken from us. Yes. So it was taken. We never got the proper <laughs> education on it. Or flowers. Or flowers. Because we also built the nation. That's the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get my 40 acres and a mule, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two mules. For real. 
Because I grew up, my dad was talking about apartheid, but he never really talked about American issues. He always talked about apartheid and what the colors meant. Mm-hmm. You know, black black is for our us for our people. Red is for the bloodshed. Green is for the for the land that they took from us. You know what I'm saying? But he never really spoke. But he never really spoke about the American experience. And I feel as though. Maybe you can relate. Sometimes when they come here, they have to, like, straddle the line. So he was very West Indian in the house. Mm-hmm. And when he went outside, hello, Bob, how you doing? <laughs> and it was like, okay, it's a little bit well, of coonery. Well, Francisco Greaves. It's a little coonery. That's, that's my daddy. But not, not in such a coonery way. Yeah. I, I, you got to learn how to float in the world, You got to learn how to float. And he worked with a lot of affluent I mean, people. let's give them some grace, though, because yeah. they were also immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that an immigrant? Yeah. So they were immigrants. So they had to learn how to walk on eggshells and be accepted without ever being really accepted. Yeah. So it's something it, it, they just learned to adapt. Did I they guess. ever talk to you about the civil rights movement? My dad did in a way. Okay. That's my dad. He talked more about his race experience because mm-hmm. um, he was in the military. So I feel like that was really heavy for him. Mm-hmm. It was traumatic coming from a different country and being put in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it was like a culture shock for him. So I remember him telling me he had to mop the floor with a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And But this wasn't like a military thing. This was a racist thing that yeah. they had him do. I just, I was just like, and how did you feel about that? I feel like they downplay it. They downplay their own experience. They do because I was going to say that. I, Piggybacking off of you, I rem- I will never forget when I was in like grade school and I went to my mom. I mean, I was like, because my mom's born. Don't don't get mad at me, mom. She's born in sixty five. <laughs> so you know, I'm like, oh my god, civil rights movement was like in that time, uh-huh. and they had just came over from Honduras. So I always asked my mom, like, what was the experience? And I remember kind of like waving me off, kind of like we didn't go through that. And I was like, okay. Like, that was it. It was like, oh, we didn't go through that. And I'm like, but you're black. So Mm -hmm. did you... I never heard my mom talk about experiences of racism. Mm -hmm. If anything, I I experienced her... I I would be with her when we saw prejudice. And it wasn't... It was never black people. It was always Hispanic people towards her or my aunts, where they would, you know, be saying something, and then they turn around like, yo habla español. Yeah, okay. that, we got that a lot because my father, my father is a very dark skinned man. Yes, yes. So when Spanish words come out his mouth, it's like and a he speaks shock. beautiful Spanish. It's crazy. It's, it's beautiful like, Spanish. And I'm like, yeah, he knows what you're saying. Yeah, you might, you might want to just tread like, like, don't you have black people in your country? Because I know you do. No, I know hay you do. no hay morenos in tu país. There's black people everywhere. 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 But isn't it's it crazy ignorant. that even though there's black people everywhere, we still are so. We're just—they're so against us. And it's like, I, one thing I want to do before we even leave this platform, I want every black person to know exactly where you come from. I want you to know your history. I want to know how rich your history is, mm-hmm. that you were kings and queens before. Anybody downplayed who you are in this world. So when you have anything that brings you down, you're like, why is this world doing this to me? I want you to go back to your history, and I want you to— Make your ancestors proud. We're making our ancestors proud right now because we're talking about things that we don't have a platform for. Right. It needs to be heard. It needs to be heard. No matter how controversial You need to be proud where you come from. Whether you're Hispanic, be proud. But when you stand on that plate, make sure you know your history around it. I know a lot of Hispanic people will be like, oh, I'm this and that. Do you watch documentaries (laughs) about what happened to your country? Yeah. Most of these countries, you know, if you were, if you have any black descendants— which most of these Hispanic countries do, 
There was a term called whitening. That's what they did to a lot of Hispanic countries. So when you get a chance, I need you to go to Henry Gates Jr. documentaries and look at diaspora. Look at look look at the history in the Latinidad culture. And don't get it wrong, whitening was a lot of different people. A it lot wasn't of just people. black people. It wasn't just Hispanic people. It was a lot of people, and it's because of this Eurocentric goal goal that's like not attainable. Right. I want you to remember something. When a racist looks at you, if you're not black and you're not white, you're still an N-word to them. You're still a nigga. You're, cool. still, you're still with the hearty R. It mm-hmm. don't matter what you are. If you're not white, it ain't right. They had so, the, they used the N-word for Native Americans. I didn't even know that when I was looking at so that's what history. Look but, it up. But y'all know me, and I'm trying to um, tread lightly here because y'all know me for the past few years. I've been saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, on my own platform. So I, I hope this gives you guys time to kind of um, reshape your conversations with people of different cultures. But and we're all and, from Africa. Yeah. Y'all kill me with that one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Make it make it make, make sense, it make Jesus. sense. Okay, um, and I just want this to create a conversation for everybody going forward. That you use use this as a conversation starter. I, I want people to be educated in, you know, in, in in what you go through every day. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be just black. Educate if you feel like you're not being heard. Educate, but there is a way to do it without minimizing people's experience. Yeah, because I and always that's, ask questions. That's the part for me that really pisses me off. Don't minimize my experience. Right. Okay, because some of you who have a certain culture can tread different lines. Some days you can maybe you could look blanquita, which is white, and that's a privilege. And that's a privilege. And then there's some days where you might tight the curl a little bit, and now you look more Hispanic. Yeah, that's a privilege. Okay, so I want people to be very, very be sensitive, give grace, keep your mind open, because none of us is right. But we can learn to be better people as a whole. Yeah. And before you ask people to black people to be allies, ask how you're showing, showing up, up first. Ally, yeah. So here's something to close out. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing about being black and black people as oh a whole? Oh my god, my favorite thing about being black. <laughs> my favorite thing about being black. I just love. I think it's the zest. Mm. I think it is the the razzle dazzle. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> the way we move our the the walk in our hip. Even a man, a black man's walk. Okay, my- um, I just think the fla- the flavor, the azúcar, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it's just something about the flavor that we bring. And that is my favorite. I just love how we just sprinkle a little sazón. Well, I'm going to say Laurie's because we talking about lady. Laurie's. <laughs> a little Laurie's <laughs> on it. And, and it's just, it gives a little bit more flavor. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love being black. I love. Oh. 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 Right? <laughs> I love that we're so resilient and we can oh. find the humor in anything. Yes. Anything. Like, even in the worst of times. Yes. There is. We still we, got to laugh about we it. We still got to laugh about it. I love that about us, too. I love that. Yeah. I remember watching um while the marches were going on recently. Yes. I remember them playing Tupac in the middle of the street and just vibing. Damn, I'm like, yo, I love being black, yo. <laughs> For real, because you ever look and you be like, damn, I love being black. I love look it. Look at that flavor, you know? So, to close out, Brittany said, oh, who's your favorite black person? Like, uh, before we really close out. I love all, I'm rooting for everybody black. I'm rooting for everybody black. But who's your black. favorite figure <laughs> if you had to choose somebody? Right now, who's relevant? I mean, they're all relevant. But, like, in this time... 
not an abolitionist or anything like that, but Amanda Seals, that's my girl. And you know why? Because she's so controversial. I and people it. can't stand it. And I love that. I love Because she's so, un- like we said yesterday, she's so unapologetically black. black. And that's so needed. And I love it. It's okay she to She's going to say black. how it is no matter what. Shout out to you, Amanda Seals. You know what I'm saying? You want to know mine? Yeah, who is yours? I had to really think about this for a while because I was like, but I, I love go, everybody black. I could say Harriet Tubman because she all her life she had to fight. But my favorite one, <laughs> Harriet Tubman. I'm saying right now it's Issa Rae. I just love how okay. she made a capital. Like she just, yeah, she made um mm-hmm. a huge killing, like a, a just, movement, a movement in being black, mm-hmm. and I love that. So with that, I'm gonna close out. I have something to say to you guys. When you leave this t- place today, or you're done watching this, I want you to know, I want you to focus on black joy. I want you to focus on being yeah. happy. I want you to watch shows that uplift you. Highlight the happiness and not the sadness ha- and the tragedy. Happiness, okay? Um, watch Grand Crew. Yeah. It's great. To, it's a great uh, uh, um, example of being black today. Yeah. And different things we go through. It is. Okay? Um, watch happy things. Happy vibrations. It's okay to be happy. And it's okay to turn off things that are making you upset. Yes. Because that. it's everywhere. And Think- we're with you with that. Period. Lasting <laughs> impressions, rest, people, is reparations. Okay? You deserve a luxury life, yeah, a soft do. life. You do. Go where you're celebrated. Go where you're celebrated. Not tolerated. And date Even people. Everywhere. Everywhere. And date people who really love black, black people. people. Yeah. Not if just you. No. And on that note. Yeah. We didn't touch. Mm, that's all right. We'll be but on, on that note. Happy Black History Month. Black History Month. Check it out. Check it out. Therapy for Black Girls. Everything's going to be all white. It's we on Showtime. My Mother's you, Garden. The 13th. Oh, my God. Watch the 13th, When they please. see us. It's still on there. Blackity, black, black, black. But when you see, when they see us, it's a very sensitive one. So yes, so be ready. If if you're not, if you're triggered easily, don't watch that. I love y'all. Stay, stay true to you. <laughs> stay black inside and out. I love all y'all. Stay Hispanic. Stay Asian. Stay proud. <laughs> Love y'all. Love you.